What's up, fellas? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to athletics programs around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or you need training programs, Team Builder can make your program more efficient, more accountable, and smarter when it comes to measuring your team's effort in the weight room. Visit their website and start a 14-day free trial. And right now, Team Builder is offering coaches a complimentary in-season football strength program. As you may recall, the New England Patriots squat up to 90% of their one-rep max deep into the playoffs. If your in-season strength and conditioning philosophy is to just maintain, then you're doing it wrong. You can get the template once you start a 14-day free trial with Team Builder. Just reach out to them and let them know you heard it from us. Go visit Team Builder at teambuilder.com, and that's team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. This episode is also brought to you by Sideline Power. Sideline Power is the industry leader in coaching communication. Offering cutting-edge technology and innovation, Sideline Power helps coaches around the country elevate their programs to the next level with new and used headsets, end-zone cameras, drones, portable sound systems, timers, and much, much more. Sideline Power works one-on-one with some of the most influential coaches nationally ranked programs in high school football. They continue to help coaches push the envelope of player and program development. From NFL-level coaching communications to cutting-edge video technology, Sideline Power encompasses a full array of products needed to unleash the full potential of any program. Throughout the expansion of their product offering, Sideline Power has remained committed to offering quality coaching communications at price points for every program. Family-owned and operated with a customer-first mentality, Sideline Power is truly the number one choice for coaching communication. You can visit them at sidelinepower.com, by email at info at sidelinepower.com, or just give them a call at 800-496-4290. This episode is also brought to you by SkyCoach. SkyCoach is a proven sideline replay technology that will give you the advantage over opponents utilizing anything else. They've got 24-7 support, a flexible network that works in any stadium and any size crowd, and the most reliable, innovative software available. To be the best, you must use the best. Don't let your team down by choosing something inferior. SkyCoach is the market leader in sideline replay. Go visit them at myskycoach.com. And then last but not least, this episode is brought to you by Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps are soft shell helmet covers that reduce impact during practice. Worn by over 1,000 high schools like Broken Arrow and Ankeny High School and over 100 colleges like Clemson, Texas, Oklahoma, and Iowa State. Most programs utilize them for their guys in the box to address the repetitive sub-concussive blows that add up throughout the seasons or an athlete's career. They're also great for body blows like helmets to knees, hips, quarterback's hands, all while keeping the helmets looking good for game day and protecting speed flexes from cracking. Go check them out at guardiancaps.com and request a quote for great team pricing. That's going to do it uh, for the reads for this episode. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Julian Mendez. Coach Mendez is the O-line coach at Northeastern State University here in Oklahoma uh, in Tahlequah. Listen as we talk with Coach Mendez about his football journey from San Diego to the Midwest, some strategies to improve your offensive line meetings and walkthrough, and how to balance improving your young guys while also getting your veteran players the work they need. You can follow Coach Mendez on Twitter at Coach Julian M. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, good deal. Uh, 
I'm from San Diego, California. I went to a uh, private school down pretty much about five minutes away from the border. So I'm, I'm down deep south there. Uh, like I said, went to a private school and played D-line pretty much my whole high school career. Uh, I only got substituted in on offensive line during special packages or uh, any kind of emergency somebody got hurt. So I thought I was a D-lineman. I was going to be the next uh, Pac-12 big-time D-tackle. That didn't happen. And so uh, <laughs> I was actually getting recruited um, JUCO-wise. We're a pretty good team. Uh, we won kind of the San Diego section championship two out of the, the three years playing um, at my high school, so pretty good. And uh, got recruited JUCO route. Uh, to Southwestern Community College there in San Diego. It was about a 10-minute drive from my house. So I figured I'd, I'd go ahead and do that, stay at home. Didn't want to leave beautiful San Diego. So um, nobody really can blame me with the weather. But so decided to do that and, and played. From the first day I got on campus, they took away all those defensive line dreams and told me I was a guard. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so – after after the day of kind of uh, feeling a little sadness that my, my dreams were crushed, I decided to just roll with it. And, um, you know, we were a decent team, okay, in San Diego, but uh, started 20 games at, at guard at, uh, at Southwestern. So it was, it was pretty fun. Started to enjoy it. Kind of the – it kind of laid down the foundation of what I loved about offensive line was just the, the fun times we had together. I think – the majority of the times, I don't remember probably any of the meetings I went to, but I remember that we crushed some buffets every week as the <laughs> offensive line group, you know, <laughs> and that's kind of the things that I still remember to, to today. But, um, you know, we had that and two years there, we're getting a little bit of decent looks NAIA-wise and, and some D3s in California. Really, that's all we know out there is D3s and NAIAs, but um, if you're not big time. Um, and so ended up going to Ottawa University in Kansas, a little small AI school, because one of my teammates at my junior college went there first, loved it, said I would fall in love with it. Um, the recruiter who recruited me is actually the uh, recruiting coordinator here at NSU, and he sold me on a, uh, a beautiful dream of, of great Mexican food, a lot of girls, and um, <laughs> and everything would be a whole lot of fun. And so I got there, and I don't know if you guys know much about Ottawa, Kansas, but uh, – <laughs> Not very good Mexican food, and so, so I would, a bit of a I would assume a, a little bit of a uh, that, a little change in scenery from where you were. That, that, was, guy's, that, guy's an that guy's an unbelievable recruiter. We need to get him on. <laughs> yes, exactly. That that has got to be the next podcast. Um, but so my first time driving through Ottawa, Kansas, we pull up and it's nine thirty at night on a on a Wednesday, and driving through town and everything was dark. Everything was shut down. And my godparents are looking at me like, what did you do? What did you sign up for? <laughs> and so, but, you know, got there and uh, actually redshirted my first year getting there. I, I decided to enjoy too many buffets and so got myself up to, to pretty roundness level. And so um, red, redshirted that first year, which was, was a good thing for me. But um, the team went, we went four and six that first year. The next year played some guard. Uh, enjoyed it had a lot of fun I mean I know Rowdy you're talking about um, in one of the podcasts before about saying some unnice things to some to some guys that would play a little playing hurt and doing that stuff laying on the ground yeah. you know that's kind of you know playing guard I felt like that that's what you had to do uh, almost <laughs> had to 
almost get kicked out of a couple games for <laughs> fighting on PAT and that stuff. And you know, Pre- uh, it's a prerequisite. Yeah. No, that's exactly you have to. You know, um, and and just enjoyed it, loved it, had a blast playing guard. Um, you know, we had the pancake totals every week. You know, it was it was a blast uh, going into my senior year. We did decent, eight and two, um, missed the playoffs, losing our last game of the year, um, and then going into my senior year. Our O-line coach brings me in for a meeting. He's like, okay, debriefing on the season, that good stuff. He's like, we're going to need you to play tackle next year. Oh, my God, crap. I'm <laughs> six, foot, six foot three on a good day, and I was probably 340 at the time. I was like, why do we want to do that? That doesn't make any sense to me. You know, uh, I know you guys talked a little bit to uh, Coach Drinkle over at Kansas Wesleyan and talk about the DNs and in, in the conference and that. And I'm like, you know, these guys are, are way too fast. We have way better DNs than, you know, than anybody I'm going to be seeing. So if I can't block these guys, this is going to be crazy. Um, so decided to, to go ahead and go with it. Lost like 30 pounds over the, over the summer just to try to get ready. And, uh, and, and we had a pretty good year. It was a blast. Uh, we ended up going um, 11 and one kind of, going 10 and 0 in conference, which was awesome. Um, winning our head coach's first conference championship, him being there, um, winning our first playoff game at Ottawa home game, which was pretty good. And then going to get our butts kicked by Lindenwood in the quarterfinals, but, uh, a couple of years before they went D2. So it was always pretty good. Um, but I had a blast, uh, once college was, or once that year was over, um, you know, we had obviously a pretty good year, so NFL guys came in to, to talk to us and give us a little wonderlick test. Um, I don't know why they put me in the room, but I got to be brought into the room too to to do, to do the wonderlick test and to get height and weighted and all that, um, you know, and weighed in at just over 310 and, and height. The NFL had me at, I think, one, And I was like, yeah, you know, this probably is not going to work out after this meeting. They're not very nice. They're not very nice with the uh, height charts. A lot of no, guys, no. a lot of guys' uh, egos get crushed on that day. I, I was, I was that person. I'm sitting in our <laughs> in our locker room, uh, getting height and weighted, and I'm like, you know what? This is the dream's over. I'm gonna end it after this meeting. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and, and go another route because there's no way that's happened. That's better than like, most coach because because a lot of them will go, man. I think their I think their scales are off, and I'm like, really. <laughs> NFL guys, you think their scale is off? Yeah, I just went to the doctor yesterday. I was 6'5". Yeah, NFL exactly. 6'2". Yeah, but yeah. I'd go with them, guys. Yeah, they, you know, they've done it a time or two, so they probably yeah. have it right. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I, I, we went outside and ran some 40s in January, so it was pretty solid. Um, and run out there, and one of the coaches said, great job, big man. I took that. I Finished running, heard him say that, and just went on into the locker room and took that as a win. I was like, you know what, I'm going to take that as as I had my cup of tea with, with somebody saying that I ran decent, so I'm going to take it. Um, you know, ended up being a, an all-conference tackle, and which I was surprised by that too, but, um, you know, decided to try to finish out college, finish out the next semester, and and did like most of us try to do and, and got a real job at a – at an elementary school, um, I was wow. a para. Yeah, I was a para. I was working with uh, with special needs kids in special education, and so did that every day. Waking up and and putting on slacks and a polo really wasn't 
cutting it and I would go in the afternoons and, and go volunteer to be the assistant O-line coach at my alma mater um, and did that for the season and kind of just showed up to a couple practices, showed up to some games. Um, and I really just wasn't happy with, with obviously waking up and like I said, putting on slacks and a polo and going to school every day. Um, so our offensive line coach at that time, resigned to do some other opportunities and I, I called our head coach there and I asked him if he, if he would give me an opportunity to take over um, you know and and he told me I think you'd be perfect for it so I took a $20,000 pay cut to uh, go be a restricted earnings offensive line coach and you know since then haven't really looked back and and, and it's the, probably the greatest thing I've done was going from getting paid 27 to getting paid seven which was pretty awesome, you know. It was, and just graduating college, it was kind of a real shock at first to even make 27 and then go back to making seven. It was a little rough. The, uh, um, but so did that for the first year um, and actually started to do my master's on my own. Just honestly, and I'll be honest on the podcast for the first time, is uh, did my master's on my own just so that I can still get student loans and I can rack up some more money to help me pay for rent. Coach, I'm I'm like jealous of that you got you got seven grand, and then the best part is the government still takes taxes out of that. Yeah, exactly. Like, so I mean, you honestly, you made probably six. Yes, tops. <laughs> and so, and then, and then I got a, a little hundred block meal plan. So that was probably the best part. That, I got that's actually yeah. That's the actually worth its weight in gold. Exactly, eating the all-you-can-eat buffet. I loved it. Um, <laughs> and so started to do my master's, did that, and uh, did that for the next year um, and was able to – it was awesome because our head coach kind of just gave me the reins with the O-line, let me do um, my own drills, meetings, all that, which was fantastic because I thought he was going to kind of hold my hand and make sure, you know, I knew what I was doing. But he kind of gave me the reins, which was uh, – showed a lot of – respect and and kind of trust with what he he thought that I knew what I was doing so you know and running some meetings and doing that was was pretty good just to kind of get those jitters out of the way of talking in front of the guys and and running meetings at a place that I played at so so it was pretty awesome um and I know you guys talked a lot about in different podcasts of of being able to coach at those lower levels because you wear so many hats and you do so many different things. Um, not many times you get as, as a first year coach getting paid seven grand and, and able to run your own meetings and do that. So it was pretty, it was pretty cool to be, to have that opportunity. Yeah. I bet to say, I bet you learn pretty quick and, and on yeah. the fly, especially if it's guys that you were playing with and now you're their coach. Yeah. That, that was probably the hardest adjustment. I tell a lot of our guys that kind of think about going to, to coach or anything like that is it's great to do it at the place you you played at but it's probably the hardest thing in the world because those guys are used to to playing next to you and kind of hanging out and doing the after hour stuff and then now you gotta they gotta turn they gotta turn around and listen to you when you tell them go give me 15 up downs right you know, that's, yeah <laughs> so that's always a that was that was a quick learning experience for me but but it was enjoyable for sure um and then our head coach kind of after that year came and talked to me and, and um, asked me if I wanted to take over one of the grad assistant positions pretty much so that he can pay for my grad school and finish that, which was, which was awesome, you know, and then I actually took a little bit of a pay cut after that too, because the GAs only made about 
five thousand dollars tops Jeez. You know? <laughs> yeah and so but they got their school paid for and a meal plan so it kind of made up a little bit but you know we got paid i think 150 every yeah. two weeks i got coach i yeah, i made and, i still had the checks it was 527 bucks a month know, and I, I didn't have a meal plan and I didn't have a place oh, to live. So I had yeah. 526 to live on for four weeks. Yeah, I got really, exactly. really good <laughs> at budgeting. <laughs> exactly. It makes you learn real quick. And that's what, yeah, because our rent, our rent at our place was 375 So, you know, you try to put that in and then we, that isn't even covering rent. So obviously, like I said, old, old Sally May from Student Loans helped me out a bunch. And... Uh, <laughs> And I ended up taking on a little, I worked at a gas station kind of on Sunday nights and, uh, and some mon- Mondays if we had the day off on Mondays to kind wow. of put in a little bit more cash. But, but it was, enjoy- like I said, it was enjoyable. I loved it. I mean, as GAs, we ran weights, we did study halls, we were in charge of equipment, you know, we, we set up the field, obviously, um, run our own meetings and, and coach a position group. You can't ask for better job training on the fly, really, than a, than an NAIA grad assistant, you know, that's what I loved about it. Yeah. I love, I love doing the, the division two when I was at Augustana is the same yeah. thing. I mean, it, it was almost preparing you to be, you know, a, a head coach eventually because, you know, sure. a lot of the, the servant jobs you had to do. And, you know, I still get guys that, that make fun of you for having to do that stuff. And I, I kind of, I'd still wear that badge. Like, yeah, man, I did that stuff. Oh, you know, yeah. that's that uh, I, I wasn't I'm not above any job I'm not above no. any any of those things it didn't matter to me now at the same time I wasn't gonna let somebody disrespect me but yes, you know but none of you know none of those guys ever did because those yeah. guys all went through it too so yeah. most of the time they were there to, to help you out but yeah. you know to, to me those those stories are ones you can tell your players like you know hey you guys want to question how much I love the game boom here's a story how many exactly. of you guys have lived how many of you guys have lived out of your car? How many of you guys have had to have to pick up a, an extra job just to be able to, to pay rent, yeah. you know, while I'm, I'm still breaking down film and doing all that stuff. So exactly. you, you're taking me back down memory lane, man. I love it. I, hey, that's what listening to your guys' podcast takes me there every single time. I listen <laughs> to it. You know, you just get to reflecting and thinking about it. And so you start texting all the other GAs and like, ah, I was just thinking about this, thinking about the good times of doing this when we had no money at all. And, you know, and still ended up, we're happy with what we're doing. The one thing that I hated and I still don't is the scout card. I I hated Uh drawing up scout cards because we were Uh a no huddle team. We're Uh a no huddle team. So our, our head coach was our OC and he's out there just firing off plays and I'm trying to get the defensive line and and whole defense in order and just yelling. I ended up by the end of the year, I'm back in the back by the goalpost, yelling out coverages, signaling the defensive line, and and he's he's obviously not going to hold up on anything because he wants to get his tempo going. So that was the one thing that I'm like, oh, come on, give me a little bit of a break here. <laughs> no, they don't. Those tempo guys do not no. at all. I've at, no. at Houston, I heard so many guys get screamed at, and I was feeling awful because they're working with. You know, some of the kids that are walk-ons that aren't don't really know the game real well anyways, and then maybe they do show them the right card uh, and the kid still does it wrong, or, you know, God forbid one card gets out of order out of the 800 cards. Oh, yeah. make. Then they're trying to flip through there, and they're in a nervous <laughs> wreck. And man, you know, it's just, oh, yeah. oh, it's just bad. It's not fun. <laughs> the worst thing you can do is give them a wrong look. 
that's the oh. worst thing you can do up front because then that's going to set the whole thing going. <laughs> but, you know, our head coach would tell me after that, he's like, well, when I GA'd, we didn't have scout cards and, and we didn't even have a script. I used to just have to line up. And, and so, you know, I got that all the time, which was, which was awesome. But, but I appreciated it for sure. I like uh, listening. I like listening to some of these tempo coaches and they've actually kind of learned it. It's like, you know what, coach, I, I like when the scout team doesn't get lined up because that happens yeah. in a game. Exactly. So like it, 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 it practices the chaos that we're going to see yeah. anyway. So you see a, a lot of the, the better coaches, I should say, the ones that aren't anal yeah. about the whole thing. But they're, <laughs> they're, they're just like, cool, hey, coach, that's cool. That's fine if they're, if they're not lined up because now our guys have to make a call. Our guys have to full zone something, you know, block an area, whatever it might be, if guys aren't lined up or it's a crazy front. You know, it's it's part of the game, and you're preparing those guys for it. And I think it just kind of helped me a little bit more, too, because you're trying to learn defensive fronts. I'm trying to learn our defensive calls so that I can yell it out to those young guys and make sure that they know where to where to line up. So it kind of helped me out a bunch, too, which is enjoyable. But, but it kind of just helps you learn on the fly and do that good stuff. So um, And kind of after, after being a GA there, I, I took a – uh, my first full-time job, which was fantastic to go from making, like I said, 150 every two weeks. I went to <laughs> Ellsworth Community College up there by you walls in, That's right. in Iowa Falls. Um, took a, the O-line job and dorm director job. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah, you know, uh, and so had no idea what I was in for when I first took the job. Obviously, I was a JUCO guy. <laughs> no. but, uh, but a Cali JUCO guy is a little bit different than everybody else because we don't have dorms or nothing. So um, going and taking that job, like, you know, it's going to be a little bit of different thing for me. Get out, get out from under the wing of the head coach and kind of go explore something new. Um, took that job. And like I said, I, w- I didn't know what I was in for with the with the dorm director part of it. I was in charge of a, a all-male dorm. <laughs> and oh. so, yeah. Walls, if you ever have an opportunity to go check out Ellsworth, go check out Thompson Hall over there. Oh, boy. I, I have been to I've been to Ellsworth. My uh, my high school quarterback actually he started out his career. He went to North Dakota, and they ended up having a kid right ahead of him as as a QB, and he was a national champion QB at, at UND. So he transferred, and the one place he went was Ellsworth. So he he's telling me a story. So I went. I obviously been up there before, and he's telling me a story. Like the first meeting we had, he's like, "I'm coming from you know, well organized program." He's yeah. You know, here at UND, we just coming off the national title, and we roll into this meeting. He sits down, and he says, within like three minutes, a few guys come rolling in, and there's just a huge gang fight breaks out in the middle yeah. of their team meeting. He's like, <laughs> what the hell am I doing in Ellsworth, Iowa? Yeah. He's like, whoa. But he said, I threw to probably three or four of the fastest receivers I've ever seen. So That's no doubt. You know, there was – It was some dudes there. But it was a little, it was a little different. I mean, there was always something going on. I'm getting my door because I lived in that dorm too. So I was, <laughs> I lived in the front area of that dorm, and so you never knew two o'clock in the morning getting a knock on your door and and something's happening or or fire alarms going off or police officers knocking. It was, it was good times. It was, it was definitely <laughs> like I said. I see. I bet it you was, got it some was great stories for sure. You know, but but it was a first full time job I I could take. I got. Somebody took a chance on me, so it was, it was definitely enjoyable. I, I got to coach my own group again, run meetings. Uh, they even let me teach some classes. Uh, it, was, it was pretty awesome to make some extra money there. But, uh, 
I think the one reason I got the job, and so this kind of takes it back, is is uh, I had the like huddle on my on my resume, and I don't think they had anybody that knew how to operate huddle or do anything or pull up anything there on you go. Huddle. So you know, I, I got the crash course by one of the GAs that I was with while we were there on everything I needed to know to be able to get a job with Huddle. And actually, it I mean, it still saves me to the day because I'm still the video coordinator. So, I mean, it kind of gets me gets me going on all that stuff. Uh, you know, but it, it was it was enjoyable. I got there and had to teach everybody had pretty much how to open a camera and turn on a computer and do that. I was in charge of any kind of technology oh. that was going on. Coach, that had to be brutal. That had to be worse than anything else you've ever done. I've, yeah. There is, for whatever reason, coaches, there's a lot of coaches out there that just uh, don't understand technology at all, whether it's they don't want to. I, I'm not really sure what it was. I mean, I had guys that couldn't turn on the projector and the, and the projector had a remote. I, I never <laughs> understand it. But they, for, for whatever reason, there's a lot of coaches out there that just – they just are illiterate completely when it comes to technology. So I'm sure that was a, that was a little bit of a trying time. It was, it was interesting to say the least on, on that part of it. Um, I, you know, so I think it's hilarious a, too. You'll still get, you'll still get dudes like they'll like message me and it's like, Hey man, you know, how could you, how do you guys, can you make fun of like these, these coaches that can't turn on the computer and the projector? And I'm like, do you really think they know how to listen to our podcast? Like, <laughs> yeah, they're probably not the guys that are downloading this podcast. Right now. Like, I'm not. I'm not worried about that at all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's definitely true. After that first year, you know, it was getting used to that that being able to manage all that stuff over in the dorms and in with football. We had an okay year. Uh, then had our head coach actually left, and so for a month, I was I was the interim or head point in charge in like <laughs> in late January or right after right after signing day so in middle of February so I'm in charge for about a month and you know we're just hanging out in the office like what do we do who's the next staff going to come in if the head coach comes in we all better have our resumes ready because we're all getting fired is the first day that's going to happen you know I'm trying to tell all these other guys because I felt like I was an older guy having coached for a couple of years and I'm trying to tell these guys what we need to be ready for. And uh, so we're waking up at 5 a.m. still trying to run morning meetings in February in Iowa Falls. So, you know, we're walking through about five inches of snow, um, not, not having a great time, but uh, wow. you know, trying to, trying to hold it together there. I'm trying to be acting person in charge. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I got the key from the head coach, so I would go sit in the office and pretend like I was doing something in there just so somebody had to knock on the door. <laughs> sitting, sitting in the chair. <laughs> yep, awesome. sitting in the chair. Computer wasn't on. Nothing was going on. But, you know, <laughs> I was sitting in there if anybody had to come meet with me, you know. Uh, and I think one kid total in, in the month that I was there came to meet with me, and I thought it was the coolest <laughs> thing in the world, Give, giving him advice on, on whether to stay with the team or not. That was That's probably awesome. the best part about the whole thing. But uh, new new head coach came in, and um, he actually came from, from Upper Iowa up there, and uh, he's now the, the head coach at Iowa Central. But uh, yep. came in and was young guy, ready to go, kept us all on staff, which was awesome. And um, he actually kind of leaned on me a little bit of, of being there already and knowing the guys and knowing kind of how everything worked, um, leaned on me with, with – to get things done, which I thought was fantastic and kind of made it a little bit in, 
more enjoyable up there working for him. And um, and I just loved his offense because we went from a little bit of a regular pro-style offense, um, not much going on, to a little bit more up-tempo, kind of spread it out, do some things, but still get into some two-back and, and run some power, which obviously I know we love. But uh, <laughs> uh, getting two-back and running power and running some split zone and, and inside zone, which, which I'm a huge fanatic about. So um, it kind of tailored a little bit more towards towards what I like to do. So um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, he actually gave me, you know, the mock title. We all talk about all those titles, but he gave me the mock title of <laughs> assistant head coach that I can put on my resume. And so that thing still proudly goes on the resume as I was an assistant That's head right. coach during, during that season, which I did nothing to the sorts of any kind of qualification <laughs> for assistant head coach. But I think it was more or less, I was the person I was there if wanted to go get Subway with him or something. So I was acting assistant head coach, which exactly. is pretty awesome. <laughs> I was there in time to go play golf or, or whatever with him. So I got that acting, acting head or assistant head coach role. Basically, um, it's just like, it's like be- best wingman, right? Exactly. You're, you're, you know, you're the head coach's like, wingman. Yep, and I loved it. I was, I was, like I said, it's still on the resume today. Whether it does anything or anybody sees it, I don't know, but I know it's there. So that's what we have. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, and then, so after that uh, season, kind of, we got into the February time, and um, actually, the the guy who recruited me to go to Ottawa ended up being down here at NSU, um, gave me a call, and then the my first head coach from Ellsworth was the defensive coordinator down here at NSU. So they both kind of gave me a call and said that. Um, O-line job was open, that I should apply, I should send stuff in and, and kind of do that. So obviously it was the next step, being in NCAA Division Two, being in the MIAA, it was something that, that was kind of the next thing in my, in my goals list and what I wanted to do. And to be 27, I believe, when I, when I interviewed for the job and to go for a full-time job here, I, I couldn't pass it up to interview for it. Interview for it, got offered the job kind of that next day um hadn't even talked to my to my then girlfriend at the time hadn't even talked to her yet about the job um and she was in Iowa with me um and and got offered the job and and the head coach down here was like all right well can you let me know by tonight and I was like all right well I need to go talk to her kind of sort some things out <laughs> <laughs> that'll, <laughs> you know, make, that'll make you really have to decide on uh what you got how how close you guys are and, and what's going yeah. on huh? Yeah, you know, and, and kind of a funny thing I should have backtracked with her is she was uh, – we met at, at Ottawa, and uh, I went up to Ellsworth to take that job. Then I was up there for two months, and then she got an assistant softball job at Ellsworth. So she was up there with me. Um, and then – so I left her. She came with me or came up there, um, and then I was going to leave her again. And so – and leave her in – leave her in Iowa, nonetheless. <laughs> or in Iowa Falls, nonetheless. <laughs> um, you know, so to say that she was thinking that, you know, what, what, what are we doing with our lives was, was, a was an understatement. So, um, so obviously I take the job cause you got to take the job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I leave and, and come down here. Um, and it's been enjoyable since then, you know, um, I get to do, obviously I'm the line coach down here, uh, still in charge of video, but good thing is we have a couple GAs that kind of, I, I can kind of uh, pass that on to a little bit and, and increase, you know, for their knowledge and for, for their resume builders, I kind of put that on them to, to get some of that stuff done and um, only help out if, 
if they have distress calls on game days when we have too many clips on the end zone and not enough on the wide, so it doesn't make sense. But, um, <laughs> so that's, that's the only time I really kind of impart my wisdom on those guys during that part. Um, and then this last year, getting an opportunity to kind of take on another title is the, is the run game coordinator title. You know, just trying to fill up the stat sheet with my titles is, is kind of my goal these days is kind of get them rolling um, as many coordinator positions as I can put on there. That's right. That's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, t- I told our head coach that he didn't think it was very funny. But, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, I'm just trying to rack up some coordinator positions. And, and he didn't he did not enjoy that. One, so. <laughs> So <laughs> uh, you know this, he was a little reluctant to pass on the the run game coordinator. He's like, "Well, nothing's going to change. You're still doing the same thing." I was like, "I know, but it looks good." Yeah, and give me the title, dude. It makes me feel better that you know when when I say that we're doing something, that you know I can introduce myself and it sounds cool. And so you know, that's, that's, exactly, that's, always good <laughs> that's exactly right. That's kind of how I fell into my um, assistant run game coordinator at Broken Arrow. I, I kind of just complained about it enough and, and said that, you know, I thought I should probably have it to the coordinator that he eventually, I think, just to shut me up, uh, gave it to me. So, but uh, that's so funny. Yeah, so. I think that's exactly what happened to here. And he's, <laughs> you know, which is good, though. But but I do enjoy that part of it. And then I've taken on I, – I run our camp, so I'm a camp coordinator, and then I'm in charge of travel during the year. So that's – I got – Four Football positions. I'm coming at it. You know, I'm trying to. I think I lead the country in coordinator positions. <laughs> yeah, but you. That's got yeah, but your position itself. You're still yeah. not an. You're still not an RPO coordinator like me. I know that is. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. And you're. You're the first one too. So that's even bigger. I can't believe it's not on Wikipedia yet. It should be. <laughs> if I one of these, do it, I put it up there. Walls. All right, you, you. I'm gonna have you put it up there because I think it's not legit if you have to put your own yeah. stuff up on Wikipedia. Yeah. That's like, yeah, you give yourself your own nickname. That's not valid. Exactly. That's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Coach, you've hit uh, on it a couple of times about about running your own meeting. So, uh, you know, and and I got to kind of I was thrust into that my first year as well. Kind of uh, thought I was gonna be the assistant O line coach, and then you know some things happened where I ended up being the offensive line coach. So kind of fell into running my own meetings and, and you learn a lot on the fly, but now you've been doing it for several years. So, uh, you know, what are some things that you've learned about uh, running a, a good meeting? Because I've been to, and I won't name certain colleges, but I've been to certain colleges and thought this is just the most atrocious meeting I've ever been a part of. I can't, yeah. I can't believe this guy's a college coach. And then I've been to like uh, Derek Wareheim's uh, meetings at, at Texas when we got to go there and was like, okay, this is how a meeting should be run. This is top-notch. So, so what are some things that you've learned um, from running your meetings and, and continually, I'm sure, progressing in that? Yeah. You know, early on, I kind of would just get up there and, and just talk and talk, and I'm, you know, just looking at the screen and not paying attention to what these guys are doing. And, you, you know, now more and more, it's just you've got to keep, keep guys' attention, you know. And so what, what I try to do is, is keep guys – as involved in the meeting as possible is, is I'm trying to get guys either up on the board while we have the video going and, and telling me, you know, what, what our scheme is, what we're trying to get done or, or putting our guys, what I, what I've been doing is, is giving our guys each week uh, a scouting report um, during the season and they have to fill it out um, and scout. So pretty much who they're going to go against. So centers and guards, 
I want you to scout the the two deep of the defensive tackles, um, the linebackers, and and kind of give me their their favorite moves, what they're doing, you know, how can we attack them, strengths, weaknesses, all that all that good stuff. And then once we would get to Thursday is is I want our guys up on the board and presenting their scouting report to the rest of the guys. Um, you know, that, that's one thing that, that we did while I was at Ottawa as a player is, is our line coach, coach kind of kept us accountable that way so that we're watching film and doing that. And so I want these guys to be accountable in our meetings and making sure that they're participating. You know, it's just like class. I want them participating as much as possible, knowing that they know what we have going on. Um, you know, and whether it's watching film up on the board, drawing up our schemes or getting out what we've kind of transitioned to is doing some more walkthroughs as opposed to some in the classroom meetings. If we don't have true film to watch, we're out on the field um, kind of going through some things because some guys, you know, they have to actually step through things and kind of make those moves in order for it to click with them. Um, and, you know, we just try to hit it in every, every way possible, seeing it, up on the board, written out, seeing it and at a play on huddle and then actually, you know, stepping through it out on the field. Um, just trying to hit all different ways possible, you know, whether it's the the best way to do it or not, I, I don't know, but that's just kind of the way that I've I've kind of transitioned in to do these things, um, just to try to help out as much as possible. Is there anything you're doing as far as like some of your younger guys or heck even some of your older guys to teach them? you know, teach them actual football, you know, Hey, what is the three technique? Yeah. You know, what, why, why does the safety line up this wide? You know, why is a linebacker bumped over here? Here's why they, the gap exchange and slant. Is there, is there anything you're, you're doing there yeah. off season wise or, or whatever? Yeah. And that's what we want to do more, you know, towards that off season, kind of in the spring, talk about more scheme wise and talk about defensive stuff. You know, you wouldn't believe so. We, we'll get into some meetings that first meeting and, and I ask, okay, you know, I have to ask now is, does everybody know what a three technique, does everybody know what a one technique is, you know, and actually draw it out on the board just so that we can have the numbers out there. Just because that's one of the things that I want, you know, lingo talk to is I don't want you to, you know, have your hand up by your head and tell me that he's right here. You know, I want you to tell me that he's in a three, he's in a three, you know, that way we understand that. So uh, we try to get it to it in meetings and when we're actually going, breaking down film, is, you know, why backers are aligned this way. You know, what might we get here? Okay, this defensive end is, is working here. What are we looking for? You know, um, if he's an inside shade, um, I can't get beat inside on a play. What, what am I thinking? You know, is he a higher chance? If I have a five technique or if I, I have a four eye, what's going to happen? Um, trying to get that as much as possible, just like you say, just to kind of get uh, that, that football knowledge, you know, to, to the next level. Um, I think what we have now, guys have everything at their finger, fingertips now, you know, and so football is available to them all the time. Um, and just trying to progress that as much as possible is kind of what we're trying to do here. I love the I love the walkthrough that you talk about, Coach, you know, getting more and more of those. I, I never felt like we did it enough, and we did quite a bit of it at, at Houston, but, um, you know, maybe it was just one of those things because my, my best friend hated them. You know, we did, he thought we did too many of them. I didn't think we did enough. So I think, I think your point is, is exactly true, obviously, is, you know, kids learn so, so differently. And so it is important to, to give them, you know, all these different things. And so uh, – and then you also touched on, you know, the, the – um, you got to keep their attention. 
You know, the attention yep. span is, I think Walls talked about it, you know, if 15 minutes is a good attention span right now. And so, you know, you got to find different ways to switch it up. Maybe you're doing this for 15 and something else, you know, maybe it's not that switched up, but you know, you're doing a lot of different things to keep them engaged. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can do anymore. I mean, we used to have meetings to where we'd be watching film for 45 minutes, you know, right. to an hour. You're sitting there with the lights off and you're watching film. You know, I even felt like some of those days I was dozing off, you know, I mean, and this is, you know, I'm getting good a ways away and I've, I've been out for a little bit. So, um, you know, these guys, that's what I try to make sure is, is try to keep them as much as involved as possible and make sure that we're, we're hitting to those points. And, and, you know, like we do those walkthroughs just for the fact of our head coach has stressed it that, you know, we don't want to just meet just to meet in the classroom and, and go over saying if we can get out on the field and do some things and, and actually do more of that teaching, then that's what we want to do. When you only have so much time, right? I know because, because, you know, legally, I'll say legally, whatever, but legally you only have so much time. Um, And then also, like we said, you know, kids don't want to sit in there for an hour and watch film. So when you're looking at like a practice, because this is where I always run into, you're looking at practice and and you want to make a cut up for your, for your kids the next day. And then you're like, okay, I want to keep it to whatever five, you know, 10 clips. And then you're yep. going through it, and then you've made a playlist, and then you look back, and there's 25 clips. Exactly. You be, yeah. oh, man, how do I cut all this down? So, so can you? I know it's hard without a certain practice to think about, but can yeah. you kind of take us through that mindset of how you how do you try to condense, or maybe how you you know pick those 10 plays or those however many plays um, to try to keep those kids focused, but then still getting better from that practice before. Yeah. You know, and, then, and that's kind of what, what I try to do is kind of hit on those key plays that either it was, I mean, atrocious of what we're trying to get done on the team wise <laughs> or, or obviously on, on, the, on the opposite side of it was exactly the way we want to block that up. You know, because I think we kind of get lost as coaches. Sometimes some of us get lost on that. It's all about just correcting and telling them, hey, this is what we're supposed to do here. This is this. But, at, you know, they need that that um, gratification of us telling them that they're, that they did it right, you know, celebrating them on some, on some clips, like this is exactly what we need to get done, you know, and I try to hit those just as much as, as the corrective ones, because I think we can take some time out as a walkthrough to correct things, you know, but I want to make sure that we're, we're applauding some guys for using perfect technique or, or making sure this is exactly the way we want to run inside zone, you know, the exact way we want to run power. Um, I want to hit those just as much as I want to hit the the ones where we look terrible. You know, um, that's kind of kind of what I want to do in my meetings. I've gotten to where I've gotten to where with huddle now, and and um, I you know this is the first spring I've I've completely gone to it. But where I've made you know you can make the different um, you know trees or whatever the blitz and, yeah. and you know different sections. So I've made one for left tackle, left guard, center. You know on. And so yeah. you can type in notes instead of what blitz, you know, you type it in notes yep. and then um, make a playlist. And so make a couple different playlists where I make one just for the tackles. I share it with all my tackles. That way maybe yeah. cuts down on the amount of plays they see throughout the day and then make one mm-hmm. for guards and then one for centers and then, uh, you know, make one for, for uh, meetings. And so uh, I'm not sure how much I love it right now. I'd, I'd rather show them every clip that we have, yeah. but um, it's just yeah. an attempt to cut down on it a little bit. And then, you know, kids want to watch themselves. And so trying to just give them all the tackle clips with, with notes yeah. in them. Yeah, and we get kind of caught up because everybody wants to watch 
that one-on-one clip where, where one of our guys gets his butt whooped, so everybody wants to watch that five times, <laughs> you know. And so, of course. you know, you kind of get caught up in it because you want to watch it too, so that you can see it and and get a little laugh at them. But but yeah, we try to keep that as much as possible and try to you know keep our clips as as short or keep our meetings as short. The one kind of benefit we have here is our meeting room is right next to the training room on on right at the stadium so so i can keep our guys a little bit longer before they have to hit the training room and be out on the field um so it's kind of it's beneficial for the big boys so or beneficial for me i would say because i get sure. to keep them a little longer than everybody else does <laughs> one of the one of the things i saw in it was a defensive meeting actually and uh they, they're watching it as a staff and they had the, the gas in there and they would be tagging it for each position group and each guy had basically like uh, a number for his rating. So basically, you know, one meant they did it right. A two, they didn't. Three was awful or something like that. I, I can't, I can't yeah. tell you the exact system. But as they would go through, they'd have a, a GA in there and they'd just be marking it. So they'd ask, okay, outside backers, one. DBs, one. You know, uh, inside backers, it's a, make it a two. You know, D-line, D yeah. make it a three. So then they'd, they'd watch it all as a staff and they'd have it. Well, then when they get done, they could use all their ones. Okay, those were good examples. They could pick pick from those. All their twos, you know, maybe they had one or two things to teach. All their threes, maybe that's what they started with. And I thought that was a, a pretty interesting way to do it. And not only that, I mean, they're they're all interacting as a, as a staff while they're watching yeah, film yeah. Yeah. and get and getting the whole thing done at one time. So I mean, I, I thought it, it hit a lot of birds. You know, it, it kind of it sparks something for me. If I'm a, a coordinator again, I think that's what I probably want to do with my practice film. Watch it with my guys, and let's mark it as we go, and then we can break it up from there. Yeah, I like that because we do we watch our stuff in the mornings um, as a staff and or as a, as offense staff, obviously, and, and watch through those practices and do that. Um, and I'm usually just taking notes on the old notepad and kind of giving that same thing uh, of you know terrible feet on with our tackle here work through this and it kind of sparks kind of either talking points for me or, or what what we need to work on during Indy that, that day you know it's kind of okay we're still not getting our steps here on the backside. you know this is what we need to get done on the backside of zone how are we going to do this um you know and that kind of gives me the gear for the day of what we really need to harp on during practice yeah and then another thing they did too is that the coordinator would mark you know, like a, he'd have a separate number. Okay, this is a six for a turnover, so you could build a turnover reel. So when yeah. they met as an entire defense, hey, all right, we had four turnovers. Here they were, boom, 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 show them, celebrate it, high-five the guy. And then same thing, they called it like a cap-off at the end if they knocked the ball out. Yeah. So a receiver was lazy with the ball, and he'd knock it off. And, again, he, he, that'd be the first thing they'd show, and it'd just be eight clips, bam, 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 bam. Hey, check this out. This is what we want. This is what we like. All right, we're going to break off into meetings. Great job. Here's the things we need to get done. I mean, I just – to me, I just thought it was an extremely efficient way to, to get things yeah. done. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah. Coach, so you talked a little bit about, you know, your your dislike sometimes when you had to, to draw up the scout cards. Are you guys still using scout cards um, uh, at, at NSU, or is it something more where you're kind of, uh, you know, the guys know where to line up and you'd rather it be a little bit quicker? Because I always feel like that's the big, I don't know, I don't want to say question, but I've done it both ways. I've kind of just lined got it lined up. And I've also yep. used scout cards as well. You know, we kind of figured out and kind of it's a it's a consensus that scout defense is probably the, the one undefeated defense in the nation on any level, you know, because <laughs> those guys are going to – they're not going to align exactly the way they're supposed to. <laughs> right. and they're going to 
they're going to play it totally different and they're going to make plays and, you know, that, that look better than what's going on on Saturday, you know, and that's what kind of we've figured out. So we have a, uh, one of our walkthrough sessions before practice is, is we'll get our guys lined up and, and I go through with each scout defensive lineman and, and linebacker and kind of give our, our offensive guys a, a breakdown of each player and it kind of tells them how to play too. You know, here, if we're running a base defense, they're in a base 4-2 four, four here. Okay, this defensive end is going to play this way. He's going he's gonna to be heavy here, working this rush. And, and kind of just that way we can teach the defense exactly the way we want them to play for the week. But then also it gives our offensive guys kind of a little scouting report to start off with during the week. Um, that's helped a little bit. You know, um, we'll, do some <clears throat> we'll do some scout cards for blitzes and, and important things. But other than that, we kind of let our, um, let our defense kind of run around a little bit and, and more or less, just like what we talked about earlier with wanting us wanting to be a little bit more up tempo and, and do that. If they play out of position, we're going to see it. So we might as well work against it as well. And then, and then my other big question for you, coach, that, that, um, you know, I, you know, high school coaches go through it. And then I would assume in the fall that, that college coaches go through it a little bit too is, you know, you've got some guys that, and probably even more than high school coaches, you got some guys that are coming back. This is their fifth year. They've been with you for years and, and they know the position well. They're good players. Um, and then in the fall, you get a whole new group of freshmen, you know, some walk on, some kids from different high schools. And, you know, so you've got a, a huge difference. You know, you got a 23 year old kid that's been in it five years. You've got a sometimes 17-year-old kid that, you know, who knows what his high school coach has or hasn't taught him or what kind of offense they were running in high school. So how do you, you know, with, with such varying um, abilities, how do you try to bring those kids up while also, obviously, you're getting paid, you're, you know, you're getting your job by winning yeah. games and so still working with your, your higher-level kids? Yeah, and, and that's kind of going to be the struggle for, for us um, anywhere at the college level is to, is to keep that way. You know, um, we'll come in fall camp and, and we try to get back to as basics as possible so that we can get those young guys caught up and kind of try to get them on the same page. Um, we try to tell those young guys, they just have to try to stay afloat. Um, you know, it's really kind of the board verbiage I do is, is I want them to, you know, and up until this spring, um, I've never had a GA that actually worked with me, you know, offensive mm. line wise. And so, you know, guys got me the whole time, you know, which, which I loved because I wasn't really a big person on, Hey, here's cone set up my drill type stuff. I'm not that <laughs> maybe because yeah. I've done it before. So I'm yeah. not really that type of, type <laughs> that makes of guy. A big to, difference. To, exactly. Yeah. You know, and so um, I was always just used to kind of having guys um, all to myself and, and running drills and trying to get those, younger guys to a set level of where we are so we can move on you know um, we just try to hit those basics like I said at first try to get them caught up as much as possible and, and those older guys just kind of fine-tuning and, and we have had some older guys to where it is that helps them out a little bit to to kind of maintain through what they're trying to get done and, and you know fifth year in college they kind of understand a little bit of the system of, of what they're trying to get done and where their body needs to be by the time we need to get started. So I'll give those young guys a bunch of reps early on um, within drills to try to get them ready to go um, and then try to wean it down as, as we all get caught up towards the end of fall camp. 
but now now I have a GA, um, which is which is fantastic. And I mean, he having a GA this spring has probably taught me more about football than anything else. And it's hmm. actually uh, he's going to get pissed that I even say anything about him, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, Jake Wareheim. Um, it's uh, Derek Wareheim's younger brother. Wow, uh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. You know, and he's going to be pissed off that I said anything. I told him that I was just going to give him the phone and he can run the, the interview once they find out that, that you're my GA. Uh, but, but, you know, he's – I mean, he brings so much knowledge to the table from playing as much football he has, you know, within the conference um, that it's a, it's kind of a breath of fresh air to me. You know, you try to try to say that you don't want to be one of those guys that, that's set in their ways and doing some things. But, you know, once you get somebody else, that kind of just got done playing, it, it kind of shows a little bit of stuff with it. Um, and he's brought some some things that we want to do. So this fall camp will be, I mean, it's going to be enjoyable to be able to split up some things and, and just seeing how we did it this spring um, to kind of split up drills so that we can maximize time. Um, you know, that's kind of our big thing of what we've been trying to harp on after this spring. But this fall, I think, will be a, a better testament to, to us reaching those younger guys and, and getting them up to speed quicker. Um, you know, which I think in our signing class, we got some guys that are going to come push, push to play early. So that'll be huge having, having me and coach Wareheim. Oh yeah. Just, just the amount of reps that you guys can yeah. get in, you know, when, when you trust, you know, the guy that you're with, I know at Broken Arrow, I'm with coach Broyles on the offensive line and, yeah. and, you know, we split guys up or whatever it is, you know, you, you got guard tackles today or, or you got right side today. I got left, you know, in, in individual. Exactly where you know now kids instead of getting 10 reps are getting 20 reps because you know you do get to split that up and they get yeah. exactly what you want out of them so uh that, that's awesome that's that's uh, great to hear obviously yeah. that you're yeah. able to do that now and it's just another set of eyes because obviously i'm looking for something of of what i'm thinking is obviously critical here and then he's seen just another vantage point of something else that 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 he hits on and i'm you know it's like i said it's a breath of fresh air to be able to have it um and then him being a, a center it's huge. You know, I, I demand a lot, you know, just in our offense and what we want to do run game wise, I demand a lot out of center. And sure. so for, you know, another center to, to understand that fact and, and to be able to kind of give those different points to coach because a us offensive linemen are, are a different breed. You know, everybody <laughs> always says that we're, we're different people, you know, for, first of all, but I think centers are even more kind of a little bit different because they got to be the smarter ones usually and uh and kind of get those things going so um you know i demand a lot of our centers and so he's he's been huge to be able to talk to those guys and and kind of talk to them a little bit on a different level of obviously just getting done playing well, i mean you, you even look at it from you know I, I read a lot of these books and the the military when they talk about you know it's it really the biggest groups that one person can manage that's why they make seal teams of six because the, the team leader can only manage five other people and himself. I mean, it gets to be overwhelming and then you're losing some of the, you know, the, the management and leadership skills that you want to have when you add all these other people, you can't manage all those people. So yeah, by being able to split down. those things up, I mean, and not only that, I mean, it, it just shows your maturity by being able to do that. And I know, you know, coach Wareheim's going to benefit from that by you giving him some of that autonomy. I mean, yeah. I know when I, when I had first had coach Harper, it was kind of that early feeling out period. And I knew once coach Harper yeah. knew what he was doing, I just let him roll, you know, yeah. and, and I just got out of his way because I knew he was going to do a good job. And there was other things I needed to worry about, you know, problem yeah. areas. So yeah. it makes a lot of that's sense. Kind of how, yeah. That's kind of how it happened here is, 
is um, our head coach actually was like, you know, how do you think he's doing? Is there any way that, you know, we can kind of work with the tackles, you work with the tackles and kind of get them where we want them to be, kind of spend some more individual time. I was like, oh, he'd be great. You know, he's going to do amazing with the centers and, and the guards, guards during drill work. And then I can work with the tackles and kind of kind of harp on some things of, of that we need to get done for for spring ball. You know, and I think we, we were able to get there, which was huge. Um, you know, so we're, we're extremely excited about that part. And just having another guy, uh, I mean, like I said, we're different people. So just having another guy that understands that's always great to be in, around all the fresh air guys around here, all the skills guys. <laughs> all the Cade Yeagers. <laughs> exactly, exactly, man. You know, those guys. I love that kid, by the way. I hope he doesn't hear this, but I love that kid. <laughs> <laughs> I always loved he, him, too, as an, as an offensive line guy. Yeah. He was, he was yeah. a good one. You know, uh, you know how I know that you guys coached him right is during fall when when obviously he took over as a starting quarterback or even before then, you know, we'd be on, on a Thursday practice. It would be special teams, a lot of that. So obviously the offensive linemen, once they got their work done or on a knee on the sideline, Cade would find himself right in the middle of that group. You know, <laughs> right. when, you're, when, you're, when your quarterback finds himself in the middle of the offensive line and kind of just shooting the breeze with them, talking about whatever, you know, probably talking about what they're going to eat after practice. I, I think that's, that's big time signs of, of leadership of him just understanding that these guys got to have my back first. They got to like me to have my back. So, so, you know, I think that's huge. He coach, was, he, go ahead. I was say he was, I was just say he was a fun one to coach, man. So I'm glad, I'm glad you guys are enjoying him too. Yeah. If he gets out of line, you just let me know. It's, it's a text <laughs> message away and I take care of him. <laughs> I like it. Good deal. Coach, you talked a little bit uh, about obviously having to interview for sort of several different jobs already and, and stuff. And so I know we've got a lot of coaches that listen that, that they think that they want to do that same thing. You know, they want to rise through the ranks. And, and a, a, a huge part of that is, you know, having a good interview and, and getting hired on somewhere. So do you have any tips or any, any um, you know, anything like that for that interview process for – when you finally do get in front of that coach and, and you're talking ball, do you have any yeah. tips for that interview or, or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, board work. is probably the biggest thing that I can, can, I can say, mm-hmm. um, just getting, getting up on the board. I mean, knowing what you're, what you're talking about, whether it's, it's a scheme that they're doing or a scheme that you're familiar with. Um, you know, the couple of interviews I've been in, um, I've always been asked, draw up your favorite run play, you know, okay. How is it? And, and just, understanding top to bottom front and back against any fronts you know because that's that's kind of what I've been asked and, and get up and draw and honestly it's just clean board work we kind of get in a, in a rush a lot of the times and and my circles start looking terrible so I had to I sat before each interview I sit there and draw circles in a square you that know make awesome. sure that I understand you know and then honestly there you go Harper defenses, yeah Hey, that that was huge for me, drawing up defenses too and understanding, okay, where are they going to play at so that I don't look um, incompetent when they say, okay, draw me a, a four two five or draw me um, a 3-4, draw me this, you know, uh, understanding. Um, I had stories from my interview that I had before that another guy who interviewed for the job, they told me drew up like 13 players on defense. <laughs> oh, no. And he, and he was an ex NFL guy, you know, Gee. and so you, and so then that that kind of got on me too that I need to make sure that I'm always, you know, ready for that time to just get up on the board, 
um, and just do that. And a lot of us do that all the time anyways, and we're just sitting around once we get together. I mean, that's what it ends up being anyways. It's some board talk. So just kind of working on that as much as possible. Um, uh, and just, just having a handle on, on what your favorites would be. Um, another thing is just how you would run a regular practice. I've been asked that more than enough of, of how I would kind of go through, whether it's a whole offense or, or even just the offensive line. Well, I, I'm glad that you talk about practicing drawing drawing up your circles because uh, I haven't told this story yet. But uh, one day I was drawing up something. I forget whatever run it was. And Coach Alexander and Wilkinson came in there and he, they started making fun of my bees for my linebackers. Uh, they said, yeah. I forget what they said about them. But, uh, and so the whole rest of the summer I must have went through three or four markers just drawing <laughs> up bees on the whiteboard. There was like a yeah. thousand bees across the whiteboard. One of our coaches came in and said, what are you doing? Coach Alexander made fun of my bees. I'm gonna have perfect bees. So there you go. I feel like less yeah. of a psycho now that that you said that, that exactly you, you practice the same thing. Oh yeah, you know, and then just what's your name in backers? Because our head coach, I go up there and I, I'm just used to doing it from um, my time at Ottawa is Sam, Mike, Will, Brave. You know, and those so those letters Sam, Mike, Will, B, and I just throw them up there all the time, and he's yelling at me that you know, that that doesn't make sense, that those aren't there. And I'm like, hey, I'm just this, <laughs> just, this is what pops in my head. Somebody's going to be there. I don't care what letter That's it is. That's exactly right. Gonna be in that spot. Uh, so. I, that, I can't stand when it, when it gets down to the semantics of <laughs> what, we, what, we, what we call guys. I mean, oh, my God. That, uh, that's just nails on the chalkboard for me. Oh, yeah. Like, who gotta who go cares, back to the old school Vs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then I had it to where – um, our head coach at, at Ellsworth, who's now at Iowa Central, he would do – he drew his center as a B for – that was where the ball was at. Yep. You know, and then so I, I did that for a while, and I came down here, and they made fun of me during my interview for drawing a B as the ball, you know, because <laughs> I just got so used to it. So then I had to start working on my squares <laughs> as where the ball was. That's right. Get that going. So, you know, and other people put the square with the X in, whatever you got to do. You know, just <laughs> It like always never it never made sense. It just seemed like an extra step. You already made exactly. a square. Why do you need to put the the line through it? I I completely agree with that. You know, we <laughs> we want to minimize all the work we can get. You know, and then I learned also from Coach Dixon, Coach Walls. I learned from Coach Dixon, who uh, he's in he's in Iowa now at uh, Dort College. But um, yeah, you know, he made his ease, and and now I've I've uh, streamlined my ease into making like a. Uh, the outer part of it so like the you go from right to left and down then all the way to the right and then you make the little dash in the middle so now that's how i make my ease because i've streamlined those now those look a lot more crisp <laughs> you're ready to go I'm re I, ready to roll i i've graduated it now to i just i write the technique number oh so there write, you go all right all right three five s five you know Nice. I've started to do that now, Harper. Jeez, I kind of like that. That's way above mine. Uh, you know, <laughs> Wilkinson, Wilkinson came in and he put the, the – uh, for the tackles, you know, on defense, he put the tees upside down. So oh, that no. really threw me oh. for a little. Then I started trying to, to work with it, and then I just couldn't – I couldn't do it. I couldn't put the tees oh. upside down. 
Nothing. Nothing's worse than when a defensive guy comes and draws on the board and they draw it up backwards. <laughs> I love that. That was that was Walls is always was Walls's joke, and I started stealing it too. And he'd say, um, you know, because they'd do it upside down, and we'd be like, you don't have enough guys on the line of scrimmage. We <laughs> 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 only got four on the line of scrimmage. That's the defense. No, that's you guys got it upside. You guys down. drew it up for it. It's upside down. Then why'd you guys do that? Too many guys in the backfield. <laughs> Legal formation. Yep. <laughs> we, you talk about that in an interview. I, I've seen Walls, you know, get a couple of people. You know, they got a cool play. They're drawing up on the board, and and then Walls like, yeah, it's that's uh, illegal formation. You don't have seven, or that guy's covered. You're like, oh, you know what I mean. But <laughs> it looks looks really bad on you when you do that. Yeah. I don't know. You got you got to have fun, and then I I I still think you mess with them a little bit too. Oh yeah. Coach, you sure you got 11 up there? And they always count and they get nervous. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, we, we really appreciate it. Man, it's been one of the most fun uh, episodes we've had. But so, you know, kind of how we finish them all is, is uh, my big question uh, for especially all the offensive line coaches. But you're watching someone else's offensive line and, and you see them playing. And what's something they'd be doing that would make you think really highly of their offensive line coach? Uh, you know, just seeing kind of the – cohesiveness that you can see through everybody in one motion taking steps you know they're 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 kind of all getting to the same level same time working to the next level um and then just in games being able to see guys obviously if i can see it past the whistle um oh i'm picking up the backs you know or you know if, if i hope it doesn't ever happen but picking up a quarterback making sure i go dust that guy off telling <laughs> that that stuff ain't gonna happen again you know um, making sure he knows that stuff. Um, and then for, I think for me, a huge one of, of, I hope guys can see if it's of me or other people, if they're watching a game at a stadium is, is kind of that sideline demeanor. Um, I think that's something that doesn't get kind of nipped in the bud enough is, is on the sideline, sitting down, everybody coming and, and sitting down in order of what you're supposed to be and, and communicating in, in a good way. Sometimes we get a little fired up too much as offensive linemen about what happened. And, but just, you can see that it's just strategic, you know, what's going on. Um, that's kind of one thing I always tell my guys is, is whatever happens, I don't care what happens on the sidelines, but if I come and kneel down and say something, you listen to me, you know, I don't, I don't care what happens as long as we're all in, in this together. Um, you know, and that's something that I look for when I look at anybody. If I look at a high school team, we're going to go watch a game. I want to see those guys working together. You know, if I can see that happening there, I know that they can translate that to the next level. That's awesome. I think all those things are really, really good. I'm glad you brought up the stuff on the, the sideline because I think that's, that's, that's really, really paramount. And I think, again, that has to be, you know, taught. Just like yep. shaking somebody's hand or, you know, or looking a person in the eye. I mean, to me, you know how you act has to be modeled. It has to be to be coached. You know, you, you let some of those little small details kind of slide through the cracks and all of a sudden those things kind of show up in a game and you're like, Hey, how is this happening? Well, we never talked about it. You know, and you're like, ah, exactly. kind of an aha moment. So I'm glad you brought that up coach. It's a good reminder. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again, thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. We grow our community by telling other coaches about run the power. And if you enjoy running the power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating 
as well as it'll allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.